0: Hey guys, and welcome to the Dog Speak Podcast. I'm Nikki Ivey, your host. I am thrilled that you are joining me to talk puppies, dog training, real life manners, and more. Be sure to check out our Facebook page, as well as our website at dogspeak101.com. Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Hope you're having a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Thanks for joining us for part two of our separation anxiety episode. Last week we talked about mild symptoms of separation anxiety and things that you could do if your dog is exhibiting mild symptoms. So let's just recap. Separation anxiety is where when the humans are gone or a certain human is gone, when no one is around, uh, the dog can exhibit distress, behavior problems such as excessive barking, whining. Whining. Uh, chewing on things, uh, restlessness, panting, maybe some extra um, salivation. Uh, So these symptoms do get worse and we are going to talk about our moderate to severe symptoms in this episode. Uh, But before we get into that, just want to recap that mild and really with mild uh, separation anxiety, really just associating positive things with you leaving such as a stuffed frozen Kong, Um, something like um, a a timed treat toy or a toy that um, you know makes the dog work for its food. There are a lot of different things that you can do just to associate positive things Um, and of course we also talked about knowing if your dog has separation anxiety. Uh, We recommend putting a camera up so that you can uh, watch your dog to see is the dog truly exhibiting separation anxiety? Is the dog just bored? Is the dog just being a puppy? Um, Does the dog just bark for a couple minutes and then stops until I get home and then starts barking again? What exactly is my dog exhibiting um, and what could be the underlying issue that is creating these symptoms? Now I did touch on that I believe separation anxiety comes from a lack of confidence, the lack of the ability to handle stress, calm themselves, Um, but there are also dogs that are predisposed to it with just their genes and how they were bred. They could be predisposed to separation anxiety but it doesn't mean that these dogs have to live this way. There are things that we can do and if you're dealing with mild separation anxiety uh, you don't really have too much of an issue. uh, Making sure that the dog is satisfied with um, enrichment games, getting plenty of exercise, getting some um, confidence building exercises put in like hand feeding an opportunity to socialize with other dogs so they can tap back into those uh, natural calming signals that they use for external and internal stress. So there are definitely um, some simple things you can do for mild separation anxiety. It's when we get into the moderate and the severe that uh, can be a real issue and, and this is why a lot of dogs end up uh, relinquished to shelters and rescues because of the separation anxiety issues. Now when it gets to moderate severe just know that this episode is not going to give you everything that you need uh, to help your dog through this. It is just a basic guideline. I highly recommend that if you think your dog is suffering from moderate or severe separation anxiety that you reach out to a positive reinforcement trainer who has uh, experience with separation anxiety. Uh, Not just anyone not a group class those are not going to help you with separation anxiety. Um, More than likely you'll need to have someone who is very knowledgeable in behavior and understands the use of medication as well. So a veterinarian, veterinarian behaviorist those are things that you're probably going to have to um, locate in your area to assist with this. So let's start with moderate. Now Um, The the moderate and severe symptoms are similar. Um, I I think that really when you look at it, it's just going to be the severity of those symptoms. Uh, You know, with our mild symptoms, we had some whining, some barking, maybe some salivation, some restlessness. But when you get to moderate and severe, you're looking at dogs who are urinating and defecating regularly, even though they're housebroken. You may get a dog who is um, barking, howling, whining the entire time the humans are gone. You may get a dog who is tearing things up and chewing up the furniture, tearing up clothing of the owners, uh, maybe tearing up windowsills, or even trying to escape, escape from a crate, escape from an enclosure, escape from the house. So you know and these dogs can really injure themselves and that's when we're getting to some serious serious issue that needs to be dealt with delicately. Now when we're dealing with moderate separation anxiety, um, you do still need to find a place that your dog can comfortably be um, so that they can be safe. Uh, It doesn't necessarily have to be a crate, it can be a laundry room, it can be a bedroom with a baby gate. Uh, it's going to be different based on the dog of what they feel the most comfortable, but they definitely need to be isolated somewhere safely so that they are not getting access to windows, door frames, uh, doors that lead to the exit and lead to the outside. So, you know, if you have to where every day when you leave, you are leaving to the garage door and your garage door is off your kitchen, don't put your dog in the kitchen with a baby gate because uh, they just have access to that door. That you are going out of um, and they could easily try to harm themselves trying to get through that door. Typically with moderate to severe you're going to have to find some management techniques. These management techniques may be that you have to work from home for a while. You may have to find a pet sitter who comes and sits with your dog. Um, you may have to find a dog walker who comes in and walks your dog, gives your dog some enrichment, and comes several times a day. Um, or finding like a daycare that can uh, keep your dog safe that maybe give your dog an opportunity to play with other dogs if your dog is comfortable with that. But you have to manage if your dog has moderate to severe separation anxiety there's no getting around that. Um, If you're trying to fix your dog's separation anxiety and you're leaving every day still then you're not going to have a lot of success. Now with our moderate um, I don't necessarily recommend medication right off. You may want to start with things like uh, lavender oil, uh, some tea touch which you can find about on the internet that can just help uh, calm your dog some before leaving. Maybe a thunder shirt to see how your dog does with that. You can um, you know use some um, other type of oils out there that they have Uh, that plugs into the wall that are pheromones. Now, I'm not as familiar with those. Um, I try to stick with more just the lavender oils. And, of course, we did talk about using CBD oil on a regular basis to help build that confidence. Um, Medication could be used. You know, I I try to keep that medication for severe cases because the dog is going to need some help. Uh, But it's just going to be dependent on how, where your dog fits in that moderate to severe Uh, You may want to look at medication first and foremost. I'm not recommending medication that drugs your dog out and just knocks them out. I don't think that's going to do us a whole lot of good. We want medication that's going to help balance the system, um, help that uptake of serotonin, and really help balance the dog out uh, neurologically uh, instead of just physiologically. And we want to make sure that the dog has the opportunity to take what it is that we are giving them. Now if you are unable to manage where you can't you don't have a neighbor that can come over and sit with your dog or um, you know a family member that can come sit with your dog during the day because you have to go to work and you may have to find some some medication that kind of drugs your dog up a little bit and I don't recommend it. I I think that if we can find somebody to help out uh, I think that's the best case scenario and if you look at pricing you know, financially, medications are not that cheap, and you may be able to find someone retired who doesn't have a pet, but really enjoys that time spent with with dogs or cats, and um, can come over and just kind of hang out. So, definitely look for somebody in your area, and you may have a family member that can do it. But you need something and someone to help you out during this process if you have to be gone. Okay, so. Um, when we do talk about dealing with separation anxiety once you get the medication once you get the management and all under control then it's not only starts with uh, positive associations so we're still doing our positive associations with a stuffed Kong, a favorite chew bone, you know a trachea that's gonna uh, maybe only last 15 or 20 minutes but still something that's very special to the dog that they only get when the process of you leaving happens. Now where we were doing with our mild cases we're giving the object the yummy thing and then we're leaving. It's going to be different with your moderate to severe. You're going to have to do systematic desensitization which means you're going to know what all of your cues are for your pre-departure. You know so whatever your pre-departure cues are and you may need to make a list what is it that you do right before you are going to get ready to leave are you putting your shoes on last um, are you uh, you know turning things off are you putting something out uh, for dinner are you um, you know thawing something are you grabbing your coat are you grabbing your your purse are you grabbing uh, you know your keys your wallet what is it that you are doing that is cueing the dog that you are getting ready to leave and we all know that our dog senses all of that. It just depends on how far back does your dog sense it, right? Some dogs that don't have any problems. They don't really notice that you're getting ready to leave until maybe you go put them in their isolation area or until you pick up your keys. It's really going to be dependent on what you do and what your dog is noticing. Uh, So your dog may notice that as soon as you get up in the mornings and let's say on the weekends you get up in the mornings and you go get your coffee, you make breakfast, you feed the dog and then you hang out. Well that may be a little different than what you do during the week. If during the week you wake up and the first thing you do after letting the dog out is shower then the dog knows that more than likely that is a pre-departure cue that you're getting ready to leave for the day. So your dog may start right there having some anxiety and nervousness. So when we are doing uh, systematic desensitization we need to find out what that pre-departure cue looks like or where it begins and then there that's where you start. So you can easily start with things of um, you know let's just take for example putting your shoes on now you know if you just put your shoes on right before you leave the house change out of your you know your house slippers into your shoes then that would be your first cue so we'll just start there. So let's say that when you put, you start putting your shoes on, your dog starts getting anxiety. That is where you would put your shoes on and at the same time give your dog something yummy. So I would give the dog the Kong and then I put my shoes on. After I put my shoes on, I will go over, pick up the Kong and put it away. And then I'm done. That's the only thing I'm doing for that moment to help the dog understand that Um, putting the shoes on is not a big deal Uh, you want to make sure that you practice that maybe five seven times a day but you want to make sure that you put an hour to an hour and a half in between each session so that we don't overwhelm the dog so you give the dog the kong put your shoes on take the kong away and then an hour to an hour and a half later you do it again and you repeat that and you may have to repeat that for Uh, several days before you can put your shoes on and then give the kong and then go get your keys and pick up your keys and then you put the keys down go get the kong put it away and then you're done for an hour to an hour and a half so I'm not going to break it down into every little step because I I think that you're going to get you know an understanding of what I'm explaining here but I do think that for you know depending on your case you need to reach out to someone so that they can look at your dog and and kind of see what those cues look like and help you really uh, get a detailed program together you know once you do several steps then you may even do something as simple as putting your shoes on grabbing your keys giving the kong going to your mailbox and that may take you a minute come back in put the kong away And then you're done for an hour to an hour and a half. Okay so it always starts with your pre-departure cues not the departure itself. Uh, You have to work up to the departure and this is regardless if it is where your dog is stressed because there's no human or stress just because a particular human is no longer in the house. So you have to make sure you keep your dog under the threshold. We don't want the dog Um, leaving the Kong alone and freaking out and going to the window uh, while you're outside the mailbox. If that's the case then you do not keep the dog under threshold. You need to back up and do more pre-departure cues inside the house before you get to uh, leaving the house itself. Uh, And again put a camera up so that you can watch your dog and and there are a lot of cameras that go right to your phone and you can look at that phone as you're walking to the mailbox. Um, And again this may be instead of mailbox it may be you just going into your car opening and closing the door. Going to the car and starting your car. Again it's going to depend on exactly how severe your dog's case is and, and I would recommend you find someone with education on separation anxiety that can help you figure that out and get a detailed program. This is not a quick fix. This is definitely a very slow process uh, but it's well worth it. You know your dog doesn't need to live in this anxiety. Um, and there are things that can be done. You just have to know that you will have to manage this process while you're working on it. And um, and don't rush it. You need to keep things um, slow, keep the dog under threshold, and keep a really good journal about what you're doing and how the dog is doing. And, you know, and if, if one medication is not working or you're not getting... Uh, you know past a certain step then you may have to change medication. This is why it's important to find a behaviorist, a veterinarian behaviorist that um, understands the medication and what you can use for separation anxiety. Uh, Now there are a lot of medications that can be used uh, but you'll need to talk with them specifically so that they can give you an idea what will work best for your dog and some of them do require blood work Uh, so you'll want to make sure that you uh, talk to a very knowledgeable vet for that. Uh, There is a lot of information on the internet that you can get on separation anxiety. Um, It can be overwhelming for people so I do recommend you reach out and I can't say it enough that you reach out and talk to someone that uh, has education in separation anxiety. Um, and then talk to someone who understands medication. The majority of the medications we use are going to be fluoxetine, which is Prozac. Um, that's usually the, one of the main ones that I will use. Uh, a lot of veterinarians are using trazodone. Um, we are, personally, dog speak here, we are not big fans of trazodone. I've not had a, a lot of good results from trazodone. I much prefer having a dog on fluoxetine um, or even some sertraline. So, Both of those are selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, uh, which your dog could definitely use. So reach out, you know, reach out to us. If you're local and you're having problems with separation anxiety, you know someone who has a dog who's having some problems, have them reach out to us. We'd be happy to talk with them, meet with them, and see what's going on. And if you're not in this area, highly recommend you find somebody who is educated uh, to help you out with separation anxiety. It can be very detrimental to a dog's health. That stress can cause um, a lot of issues it can uh, create problems with um, just their livers, their kidney, um, you know, basic health can be, um, can suffer from separation anxiety. So it's just it's so important that we get our dogs taken care of and that we understand that the behavior they're exhibiting externally um, always has an underlying reason. And if your dog is exhibiting external behavior that um, you know, is inappropriate and, and destroying your house. Please know that your dog does not want to feel that way, and that they're not just trying to be a jerk. That they're really suffering uh, from a panic attack. And if you've ever had a panic attack, that is what your dog is suffering from. If they have moderate to severe separation anxiety, so please have empathy for that and understand that, and that your dog can suffer in many different ways. Uh, in general apologize for that little sound there I've got a staff meeting coming up Um, so I'm just trying to wrap up this recording for you guys Uh, but there's just so much so much that you just can't really do it in a podcast um, because it is it is very different for each human being and each dog but just please be aware that your dog needs help and he is going to be dependent on you for that health uh, for that help to help him be healthy um, neurologically, physiologically, make sure that uh, you know you're really looking at him as a whole and not just at the irritating uh, behaviors that you're getting when you're not at home. And lastly, if your dog is exhibiting behavior problems when you're gone, when you come home, please do not punish your dog. Uh, your dog is not going to understand that you're punishing punishing them for whatever it is that they did when you're not home all they're knowing is that sometimes when you come home you're in a good mood and sometimes when you come home you're in a bad mood and you yell and scream at them Uh, that does not help your dog at all and will create more anxiety uh, not only with you leaving but now it will create anxiety with you coming home and we don't want that right we're if if dogs are man's best friend we need to be dog's best friend and we need to help them out and understand where they're coming from All right, so hope you guys, uh, you know, I hope you're not dealing with separation anxiety. Uh, You know, I'm hoping this podcast is not for tons of people because it is not, um, it's not easy. But if you are suffering from it, know that you're not alone. There is help out there. Um, You just have to reach out and um, find someone that is educated. And and we do deal with separation anxiety on a regular basis. Uh, So feel free to reach us at info at dogspeak101.com. You can find us on Facebook. Instagram Um, and we have blogs videos and things that you can watch as well as um, and we have our foundation course on udemy.com so feel free to check that out as well that's a good way to start building up your dog's confidence and then if you've not listened to part one listen to part one we talk a little bit about um, enrichment and and some things that you can do there Um, and that's important to give your dog everything that they need to feel satisfied physically and uh, emotionally as well as mentally all right I hope you guys have a wonderful wonderful week I hope you get a chance to get out and work your dogs enjoy this weather we're getting from summer to fall and uh, gonna have a lot of opportunities to get your dog out and work work that dog all right you have a wonderful week I appreciate each and every one of you God bless